This week on Our Thing. There's an ancient papyrus called the Book of Nights that a deceased person would use to pass through the underworld and take them out to the other side. Featured guest, author Anthony DiPaolo. I would be in bed and there's just a glow of light under the closet door. And the door would open and I'd see people walking in. I started seeing shadow people. And paranormal author Nikki Luciano in a special Halloween presentation that just might keep you up tonight. Stay tuned for the most entertaining hour in radio. This is our thing with everyone's favorite ex-gangster, Gunner, 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 Gunner. What's up? Welcome back to Our Thing. I'm 1010 The King. I'm with my partner, Bill Crooks from Partners in Crime Podcast. Make sure to check out Partners in Crime Podcast. This is our special Halloween edition. I'm looking out the window right now and all the colors are changing. It's very Halloween-esque. And I thought while we're here, before we have our guests, I'm going to have a couple of really interesting guests, kind of paranormal, spooky guests, writers. I'll share a Halloween story. Hang on. I'll get us some Halloween vibes. Okay. Cool. In my former life, my family was associated with the mafia. I grew up around mobsters, but that was very normal to me. It wasn't even like something that all that interesting to me. It was just men I was around, no big deal. But for whatever reason, on this particular Halloween, when I had happened to be broken up with my girlfriend at the time, I got caught cheating. So I'm going to go to this Halloween party my friend is having. I'm going to dress up like Al Capone, which is really easy. I went to my grandpa Toco and said, can I borrow a suit and a fedora? Now he's old school, you know, so he pulls out this pinstripe, like zoot suit, a real felt fedora. I even took his shoes and I looked like a straight pimp. Like I was a G. My grandpa says to me, he's kind of fixing me up and dressing me and he goes, you need a black tie. I said, why do I need a black tie? He says, because that means you're in times of war. I didn't know that. So I put a black tie on and then I had this gold A like tie tack and I put it on there and A. So I'm going to go to this party. The messed up part is I actually had a date to go there with this really beautiful girl that I'd met. And then I also forgot, I, I told another girl to come to the party. This girl I was, at the time I was going to community college part-time. And I met this really beautiful girl who sat right next to me. And I said, hey, come to this party. So, and then of course my girlfriend and her friends are gonna show up. So I pull up with this girl, right? And I get out of the car and she's dressed like a Playboy bunny, which she looked like one. As I'm walking up to the party, I see this little gaggle of girls, like six girls. It's my girlfriend and all her friends and they're all dressed up like gangsters. They were like, they all had like plastic fedoras. They were carrying little plastic Tommy guns and they all got suits. They come walking up as I'm walking up. What are the odds? It's just having to pull up at the exact same time. It's a party, man. It's cars up and down the street. And the two time and Al Capone's about to get gunned down. Yeah, Al Capone is in trouble, right? So they come walking up. I'm like, what is this? Because I didn't know they were dressing up like gangsters. I had no idea. They didn't know I was. So I kind of looked like, you got to be kidding me. They all give me a dirty look, you know. And, and this one girl walks up and goes, Al, can I wear your fedora? Because it's real. So I gave it to her. And so I go in there and I'm hitting on some other girl in this house. And the girl says, who are you supposed to be? And I'm like, I'm Al Capone. You can't tell. So I'm hitting on her. And all of a sudden, my girlfriend and her friends are like walking in and out. And they're like, yo, what are you doing, Al? I'm talking to this girl, whatever. So at one point, these two dudes, were from another rival school and previously like three years before this i had smashed a tv over one of their heads right because the guy was hitting on my girlfriend at a party i warned him it's my girlfriend stop hitting on my girlfriend da, da, da. he just kept 
I warned him, I warned him, and then I snapped. So I picked up a TV, walked over, and smashed the TV over the guy's head, knocked him out, and then me and my friend ended up like, taking on a whole party and winning. Like, of all these guys, a bunch of football players from a rival high school, he just punched a few of them in the face, and they all ran off. So now, like two, three years later, those same dudes are at this party, and they're in the basement, and I'm upstairs hitting on this girl, and up comes walking my boy Mickey and another dude, and they're like, man, those two dudes, they just left. His name was Lombardo. I'll say his last name, a full name. He's like, Lombardo and his boy just left man they were downstairs talking crap about us and i'm sitting there talking to this beautiful girl and like don't really want to get in a fight right now he's like i say what do you want to do you want to go beat their ass he says you want to i said you want to so I said, yeah so i don't know what made me go out the back door but my girlfriend and her friends they shoot out the front door to warn these guys who just left so i was sued around the back door i remember my boy had a giant rottweiler i was terrified of and i went through the gate and i come up the driveway and now there's like five of these girls who my girlfriend and her friends they're warning these two dudes like look out l's coming l's coming l's coming and i walk up to them and i I say you guys got something to say about us and it's just me and my two boys mickey wasn't even a tough guy he just followed i go what's up man you guys got something to say about us they're like oh no we don't get so i said man get right up in their face and they're standing right next to each other and i go you got something to say let's do it they said we don't want to fight you Al. i said it ain't gonna be a fight it's gonna be me beating your ass and i grabbed their heads and cracked them together i mean this is like a movie like a three stooges skit bang i cracked their heads <laughs> together they like snap and look at me and they run and jump in the car, but their car was parked between two other cars and they get, couldn't get out. So they had to like reverse forward, reverse forward. So I climb up on the car and it's brand new. You just go, come on, man, I just bought this. There's a new Ford Explorer. And I climb up on the hood and I start urinating on this guy's car. Um, this is my Halloween story of the kind of douchebag that I was. But the guy had it coming because A, he had hit on my girlfriend and I warned him. B, he came to our party and was again hitting on our girlfriends and talking trash about us. So he had a whooping coming and I punked him. And, and but the most ironic part about that story was a couple years later, I was involved in this stolen merchandise racket. And my uncle said, we're going to take all this merchandise to Chicago. And then we're going to bring a bunch of merchandise up from Chicago and sell it in our pawn shop. He says, I'm going to hook you up with these two guys. Go meet him. So I go to meet him. And this is one of the guys. This guy this is one of the guys. And we just looked at each other like, really? And then we went to Chicago. I, the whole time I went down there with them. And I was scared. Like, I thought they were setting me up. They're going to get me. I ended up going out to a club with them. They were fun. One of my boys got in a fight in front of the club. And a guy pulled a gun. And my boy grabs the gun. And the guy with the gun shoots him in the hand. And the bullet comes out by his elbow. My boy Travis still takes the gun away and beats his ass, even when he's got a bullet through his arm. And it was all because of this freaking dude, Halloween. Is this dude. a guy that didn't want to go to the doctor either? He just took the shot. No, yeah. I told him, we got to go to the hospital. And he's like, no, I'm good. It's cauterized, he said. I asked him. But he was all right. You know, like, uh, went to his house a week or two later and it was healing up and he's still a little sore. I'm like, damn, you're a tough, crazy mother effort, bro. It's crazy. The kind of guys are hung around. We'll be right back. How would you like to get high-speed internet for about $10 a month with no annual contract? It's possible with Whole Home Connect, your internet superstore. The internet's grown up over the years. There used to be maybe one provider. Now you have multiple choices that you may not even be aware of. Whole Home Connect can help you. With one phone call, they will show you the best internet deals available in your neighborhood. And yes, we have deals as low as $10 a month with no annual contracts. Whole Home Connect is your one-stop discount store for all your internet needs. It's time to upgrade your internet plan and save money. Call right now for a free quote 
and to learn about internet plans starting at $10 a month with no contracts. Call now, 800-846-2124, 800-846-2124. Call right now, 800-846-2124. Again, that's 800-846-2124. How would you like to get a free $100 prepaid MasterCard and save money on your television bill? Then call right now. Make the switch to Dish TV. For a limited time, we're offering a two-year price guarantee. That's important for those of you on a fixed budget to know your prices won't go up for two years. Plus, you have hundreds of channels, lots of live news and sports, movies, and more. And when you call right now, you can also ask about our discounts for seniors and those of you in the military. So, make the switch to Dish right now. Pick up the phone and call. Enjoy your television like you are meant to. And when you sign up today, we'll also give you a $100 free prepaid MasterCard. Call right now, ask about our senior discount, our military discount, and your free $100 prepaid MasterCard. 800-795-5573. 800-795-5573. That's 800-795-5573. Paid for by NPS. Switch to Dish TV today for your free prepaid MasterCard. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-235-2760. That's 800-235-2760. What's up? Welcome back to Our Thing on 1010 The King. And now I'd like to welcome to the show my first special edition Halloween guest, Anthony. I'd call him Tony DiPaolo. A very interesting author, interesting guy with a great story, backstory. And I got to admit, we've interviewed probably in hundreds of authors. And Anthony is one of my favorites. And there's a couple of reasons. He's a great writer, wrote a great story. He's actually an interesting character, too. He's a lawyer. But I think what he did with his book is one of the most fascinating things. He made it interactive. And for me, he was the first author I've ever met who did that. And it really, like, sat well with me. Interactive book. And there's and I'll let him talk about it. But he has a new book coming out, too, that's like a sequel to that book. So he's creating this whole universe with these characters. And I had the audiobook, so I started listening to it. And it's really good. i got to finish it. I was, you know, when I drive, it's the only time I ever listened to it. But I was sucked in. But before we get into the book a little bit, tell him a little about yourself and welcome to the show, Tony. So I'm I'm very glad to be here. Thank you, Gunnar, for having me on again, William. Halloween is, is a big holiday for me, so it's a perfect time for me to come on the show. I'm a big fan of the supernatural and the occult, and I've been a student of history for a while. I and mean, it's been the basis of a lot of the stuff that I write. I look up a lot of ancient myths and ancient legends. Egypt was at the forefront for a while, but I've kind of ventured out into all different civilizations and their ancient myths. And then I take those myths and those legends, and I put my own little spin on them, but I work them in and try to keep them as true as possible to the original. And I, and I make a modern supernatural tale using a lot of these uh, stories and myths which it plays out really well because it adds a real level of reality to it. And it also gives readers the ability to go 
um, some of that interactive end you were talking about where they can go out, they can do research of the actual topics. And then I create websites that I mentioned within the book, let's say like the Egyptian Tomb Explorer Society. It's not a real society. It's a society I created for the book. But if you go to the webpage, the actual domain for this, you will find the Egypt Tomb Raider Society. And I, I do all little things in that. If you read the book, you'll understand what's going on on the pages as well. Well, okay. So first, for, for the record, I remember seeing some of your Halloween decorations from last year, right? This crazy stuff, bro. They go all out, like crazy. It's really cool and interactive. That aside, that's cool. But you're a lawyer, you're an attorney, and it's very hard to write on the side as an attorney. But to me, you're kind of like you're, a, you're your regular working man's attorney. Like, you know, you're a New York guy. I believe you're from New York, yes? Yes, sir. Yeah, and you're just kind of an everyday guy, you know, around the way guy. But you had this fascination with this thing. And the story you've written, it's a complex story, which means it's going to be a big book, which I like. I prefer a big book with a lot of uh, detail and, and just interesting characters and stuff. Bill, you're reading it too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm deep in uh, chapter 37, so I'm in the thick of it, I feel like. It's, it's fun. Yeah. You like the bad guys or the good guys better? You know, I kind of like the bad guys. I like the woman. Yeah, Nama. Yeah. <laughs> Nama, yeah. But I'm in the thick where Decker and Annika just got out of the Sphinx. I like her too. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. The women are alluring in this. Okay, good. So uh, in the new book, and now that you yeah. said, uh, all the characters are carrying over without giving any spoilers because you haven't finished that book or anything. There are some that are questionable, but I think you're going to find them in the new book. And I did that because some of the characters, like you said, that really would be like one-offs from talking to people at like the book shows and stuff like that. They really liked the bad guys. So I have to keep working with them, I think. And th you can have the most fun with them. I mean, because really there's nothing that's off limits and their personalities can evolve in any direction because they're the bad guys. Um, yeah. So they are, you know, where you have to keep the good guys in a certain type of personality and certain things that they're allowed to do and they can't do. You don't have to do that with the, with the bad guys. You know, these are real literary terms I'm using. So yeah. <laughs> you do a great job developing the characters. Cause like I said, I was listening to the audiobook. You're bringing these characters to life, which you do well, which most authors don't really do that well is develop characters and give them personality that are realistic and relatable. That's what makes them cool because, you know, they're a little bit computer nerds, a history guy, but every, they all have their little like nerd quirks, but that's endearing that makes them real. And I think that makes it a lot of fun to read. You kind of connect with these characters and, and it's certainly, it makes you think otherworldly, spiritually, or, or I don't know, what's really out there. And it takes your kind of mind to develop and create a story like that. I'm sure if I put my mind to it, I can create something, but it's not how my mind works. Your mind works like that because you've read all these ancient legends and the lore. And now you're like, oh, I could spin this into this and do this into that. But there's also a very big plot unfolding in there. And, and really, doesn't the fate of Earth kind of hinge on what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Give you a nice synopsis of the story. So there's the main character who's Alexander Storm, which all the stories, I have about 13 more stories outlined already, just a matter of time and getting it done. So Alexander Storm is the star of all of them. He's a very... Um, eccentric. Yeah, eccentric, mysterious, very wealthy. You know, your basic uh, characterization for this kind of character. Um, and he brings together a group of mostly young people that all have different kinds of talents. So like you said, one's a historian, one's a computer guru. And what happened is there's a, an ancient papyrus, which is a real papyrus called the Book of Nights, which is an Egyptian funerary text. And what it is, is it, a compendium of spells that a deceased person would use to travel from the evening or the, the break of light to the morning. So it would get them through the night, pass through the underworld and take them out to the other side. 
So this real text uh, many, many years ago was broken into 12 parts because what it could do is essentially open up the gates to the underworld. And because they didn't know whether it would be needed again, they did 12 riddles, kind of like Da Vinci Code level riddles, that if you were able to decipher yeah. the riddles, you would go to all these different archaeological and historical sites around the world and put together the 12 hours of the night again. So there's a group of demons who are personified as people, which are Nama and Moloch, and they're trying to put these together so that they can unleash hell on Earth and take over both Earth and hell. And so now Alexander and his group are trying to defeat them just by getting one of the 12 will stop them from being able to achieve this. So it's basically an, an adventurous race, a lot of Indiana Jones-esque kind of uh, feel to some of that, um, where they're trying to put together the hours of the night, the bad guys. And what Alexander and his team need to do is just stop them from at least one of the locations, get there first, get the piece, and then stop them. And it all culminates at the end, without giving too many details away, with a final battle that's between good and evil, and it is ultimately for the future of, of mankind. And that plays out very interestingly. Again, I don't want to give away any locations or anything like that, but it's at a major archaeological site where that plays out, too. Well, I will say this. For a New York boy attorney, you have quite the imagination to create oh, yeah. this. It just, <laughs> it's just, I'm fascinated by the mind that is able to piece this together. But you're the guy who does all the research and you've read all this stuff and ancient texts and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's beautiful and masterful. You're able to weave it into like this you know, your own plot with your own characters. And like you said, these these characters that are aggregated and accrued by this Mr. Storm, he gets these guys and girls from all over the world simply because they have their strong suits and whatever things. And so they're kind of this very eclectic mix of characters that each have their own role, but the world depends on them. I think that's very cool. And so you've created this universe, this whole universe, which ultimately is great because you can continue the story on to the next edition, like you said, kind of like Indiana Jones did. You know, it just doesn't end. You save the world once, but suddenly in the future, I don't know if they save the world. I'm not saying they did, but let's let's hope they do. Well, the demons or some other evil force kind of pops up and is now going to try create chaos in the world. And boom, who do you call on? The Dragon Squad. So if you had to nail down one thing, like where you drew your inspiration from, because there one particular thing that said, uh, like, I got to this point, I have this knowledge. I'm like, dude, I need to write a story or a book about this. Something happened that just triggered you to want to write. Basically, what happened was I started writing a very long time ago, that book, because I'm an attorney and everything else going on. It took me 13 years to write that first book. It's a big book, but that's a long time. I would go months at a time without writing. I'd go back to it. And you know what? For that particular book, it was the amount of time it needed because it, it really simmered. My writing changed over the years. People have even said to me they could taste the difference in the writing from the first chapters to the last chapters. So sure. I hope that means that it got better. But what happened was I was actually sitting with my sons. Actually, it was my first son because my other son wasn't even born yet. And we were talking about writing this story, you know, like a kid's story. And we had come up with an idea. It was originally we called the Phantom League was the, the ideas that we were kind of goofing around with. And uh, I don't know if we had just watched Scooby-Doo or something like that, but it was, was kind of like that thing. Yeah. And I had recently watched Constantine, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story in the movie, uh, but it a very Alexander Storm kind of a figure. And I started goofing around with it and writing some stuff down. And it very quickly became a full, easy to write at the time, it seemed like an easy to write story 13 years earlier. And it really had fit to like a young reader. 
And then over the first few months when I started writing, I decided I wanted to do certain things with the characters and I wanted it to go in a little bit different direction. Yeah. It became more of an adult book, even though I hear now that parents are letting 13-year-olds read it. But it is a little bit more on the adult side. It's not a kid's book, obviously. See, I knew there was a catalyst or, or spark or something. You don't write a story like this out of the blue, out of the air. There's, there's a trigger, and that's what it was. And I knew there was one, and that's a good one, too, especially if your son was involved. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's where it started. And like I said, it started out as an idea for a kid's book. And as I started writing, I realized I could do so much more with it. And I really wanted it to then go towards the adult level book. When the book first started, I thought, well, this kind of has like a Scooby-Doo kind of quality. Yeah. But then it took a hard left. And I'm like, no, I got that wrong. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of funny you said that. Yeah, I like to play with you then there. Good. That's very good. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I was like, no, I got that wrong. This is dark. Yeah, it, it started off with that Scooby-Doo feel and like, all right. And then the, the, then the magic, not literal magic, but kind of starts happening and then all of a sudden you're like wait a minute here man this is this is getting a little dark <laughs> i tried to shock you a few times I, I tried to lead you into it very nicely yeah okay so that worked good let me ask you this do you enjoy the process of writing do you love writing oh immensely then yeah. you're a real writer and that's important you know it's one of the things to the people who are around you who support you of course your, your wife and family and everyone they need to understand if you're a real writer that process of writing creating it's ingrained in your soul. Like you can't stop. You'll never be able to stop. And if somebody said you had to stop or you didn't have time to do it, it would kill you. It would hurt you. It's, oh, yeah. You constantly be creating these stories in your mind and writing them. So it's great that you have an outlet. You're still relatively young. Plus, you know, as an attorney, successful attorney, you have a little bit of extra time and money to step aside and write and create. And I love the interactive bit. And my advice is to continue making it interactive. And the more interactive you make it, where it can even interchange with the other books, where you can reference places or websites or things from one book to another, do more websites, even if you have to pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to build a little template website that references uh, something in, in the book. I think that's phenomenal. And I think what will happen is at some point that will kind of spread like wildfire, kind of go viral in the book sense. Yeah, diehard fans will eat that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I started doing it because I a lot of times would read something and I'd want to know more about it and I'd go look and and I love the idea of creating my own world that blended with the real world, you know, um, so that, uh -huh. that really is where that came from. I had done networking and, and web design as a job, like right after law school for like eight years. I didn't practice law. I, I ran a computer company that I had started in law school. So all those websites and everything, I did all those all myself. You know, I'm able to design stuff myself. And the same thing now, I'm actually doing all the artwork in this new book because my tattoo artist actually did the artwork in the first book. I did the cover and he did all the interior artwork and he wasn't able to do it this time. And so I was kind of trying to throw something together last minute. So I found these, uh, I don't want to call it artificial intelligence. It uses some AI technology, but it takes real drawings and real graphics and then you can play with them, turn them into sketches. Uh, it's really, it's amazing what you can do now but it's actually enabling me to do most of the artwork in the book myself. In the first book, there's probably about 25 illustrations throughout, done like a notebook, like a sketch pad. For this new book, I probably have 100 different illustrations in the new book. Bill, I know you like that as an artist. That's something Oh, yeah, and I'm a more visual person. Like, I'm having to read the audio book because I'm listening on my way to work and stuff, but I prefer to read it, like, to see how the names are spelled and things like that. It's just, that's the way I learn. I've been listening to a lot of the uh, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, two of my favorite authors. I probably have gone through, like, 10 of their books in, like, a month and a half, two months. It's been great. And I really had never been a, a fan of it before for the same reason. 
I want to touch the book. I don't even like electronic books. I like the actual yeah. physical book. But you know what? With time the way it is, the audio book is a great way to get some stories in, you know? Yeah. You still love the characters. They are very, I don't say simple. They're not simple at all. They're opposite of that. They're very humble, kind of benign type of characters, the Dragon Team. But as you get to know them through the book, you start to see their own superpowers, how they have their own. And then they start to mess with the other guys and girls. And it's a fascinating read. Right, exactly. No, it, it, what they did was I took from everybody asked you where you developed character. I would say that there's qualities in every character in that book from either myself or my wife, because you write what you know, you know? Yeah, that's natural. So uh, I do get asked that a lot. Where do you get this from? Where did you get that from? People ask me, a lot of it is personal or interpersonal relationship characterizations. You know, that's why I think it gets that feel that you're able to relate to because it is characterizations of, of just yeah. regular people, you know? I do the same thing. Every character I create is usually based off somebody I know. And even if it's this sure. one character trait, it could be how they look. It could be how they talk, they walk, how they act. And I build from there. Uh, fictional character. Um, some characters have my own manner and, and style into it. Some not. And I make up characters, too, because I'm writing novels. But a lot of the characters, almost all of them have elements of somebody that I knew, which is all part of being a writer. We all draw our inspiration from something and somewhere. Even if it's completely made up in fiction, still, you drew it from something. Right? You know what I'm saying? So... Run out of time. Where do they find your book? Where can they find you? Tell them a little about that. You on social media, your website, everything. Sure. Okay. So just to start with, I want to let you guys know the new book is coming out on Halloween. Oh, beautiful. Um, it is not done, and I have a deadline of October 27th to hand in the final manuscript. Good luck with that. I'm taking pre-orders right now on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon, the book is discounted right now in ebook. So it's The Dragon Storm, and then Abracadabra is the new book. And the old book is The Dragon Storm and Gates. Um, if you type any of that in, you type my name in, it'll come up. And I have my little cheat sheets here for all the other stuff. It's at Dragon Storm Novel for Facebook and Instagram. And you can from there, you can probably get to everywhere else you need to get to. The hardcover is um, at Barnes & Noble. It's published through Barnes & Noble. And the paperback is published through Amazon. You can get it at the same spot as the ebook. And I'm in the Prime Reader. So if you're a Prime Reader, the ebook is free. And the discounted price on Amazon for the new book will be until Halloween. And then on Halloween, it goes to, I think it's only a dollar two more. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the uh, the big project that I'm shooting for that release. The Audible will be a little bit behind it on the, the new book because I'm not finished yet. So he can't finish the Audible. But uh, Bill, did you have anything else you wanted to ask? Yeah, I just want to add too. if you're looking at the archives of our radio show, of course, we'll put all the links in there. So if we ran through it kind of fast, you could go back to Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts are consumed. And we'll have all his links, everything for him. So there's that. Well, Anthony, and thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. And I, I really hope people take the time to look up your book and read it because it's one of those fun reads. I'm not saying it's like fun hoo-ha, like a children's book, but it's a fun read because it's it's dark, it's mysterious, there's power, there's these big characters, there's a very big story. The, the world is on the line, you know what I'm saying? And it's interactive. And so keep doing those interactive books. I think at some point it's going to be like a match to gasoline. Poof. You just got to keep doing shows like this and, and keep promoting it, keep marketing. And then one day you're going to call me and say, you know what? Dude, I, I sold 1,500 copies yesterday. And then a week later, you're going to say I sold 15,000 copies. And you're going to be, you know, number one ranking. You're going to have four or five thousand five star reviews on your book. And you're going to like, I did it, you know, so so well done. And uh, your mouth, guys. I really appreciate it. You have to have you come on again. This is perfect for a Halloween edition. Anybody else who's listening, you want to kind of get a little freaked out and, and that type of story, paranormal story like that. 
Dragonstorm is the book to read. Abracadabra, the new one, is coming out on Halloween. Make sure to check it out. And stay tuned to 1010 The King. We'll be right back. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first $100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-322-8714. 800-322-8714. That's 800-322-8714. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50 pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-870-3609. 800-870-3609. 800-870-3609. That's 800-870-3609. Hey, have you checked out Our Thing Apparel? It's the original gangster clothing brand that lets you represent where you live. Featuring t-shirts, hoodies, vintage tracksuits, and more. Our Thing Apparel allows you to customize your clothing for your city or state. And now, we're proud to launch our Atlanta line of urban casual wear. Check out OurThingApparel.com and use the promo code 1010 when checking out to get 10% off your total order. Make our thing your thing. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain. Until one day, the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day, Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-762-6158. That's 800-762-6158. What's up? Welcome back to our thing. And I'd like to introduce the second guest of our Halloween special edition, a friend of mine, Nikki Luciano. We go back quite a ways. It's funny, you know, I often talk about what a waste social media is and how it's kind of a dead space is waste of time. Blah, blah, blah. But you have certain anomalies where you meet people that are actually really good people and they're special people and they become friends and they're in your life. And this woman, you know, she has a recognizable name, Luciano. You know, right away when I noticed when she started following me on Facebook, I just got out of prison, just got out like a few months. And I didn't have 5,000 friends. I only had 500 or whatever. So I recognized the name Luciano. So I paid a little attention to it. Well, I remember she was saying when I pre-marketing my books, she's like, I bought your books on pre-order, which was like, ah, oh, she's really into it, you know? 
I didn't even know she was being honest. But then all of a sudden she gets a book the day it goes live. Like the next day she goes, I just finished your book. And then she starts telling me about it. I'm like, wow, she read my book in a day. That's crazy. Then a month later, I released volume two. She did the same thing. And we've been friends ever since. And she's a big fan of mine, big fan of hers. And she has a really remarkable story, too. And we're going to get into some of that now. It's it's super fascinating, interesting story. I know she's a bit of like a medium. And one of these people who have a, a very unique connection to otherworldly realms. I, I don't know how to explain them. I let her explain them. But she has a certain power or connection to the other world. And she's a woman of faith. I know she believes in God. I believe she's a Christian. And so she's connected that way, but there's something more to her. And eventually she decided to write books, started writing. So she's written a couple of books. She got a really tough story too as a child. She had a rough childhood. It was bullied and just a really interesting character. So Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I always like to talk with you and Bill. I got to say this, you age backwards. I don't know how you do that, but um, well done. <laughs> you do look amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. So I have to say this before we get started is you're one of those super women. And I mean it when super women. This is a woman who works like all time, manages a house full of people, kids and grandkids, keeps her house clean, does all the work. I don't know how in the F someone can do that. Like I could barely keep my own life in order. Like I'm a slob, you know what I'm saying? How she keeps it all in order and manages everybody and her family and her husband. And it's absolutely mind boggling. And in my opinion, God blesses people like her with some kind of strange power to slow down the fabric of time that allows her to do what she needs to do in a day. It doesn't work for me. I'll, I'll never get it all done. She does. So that's impressive, Nikki. I appreciate you saying that. I, I chalk it up to insanity. I only get two to four hours of sleep a night. So oh my God. I also I train German do. shepherds in German, you know, so it's not just the husband and the kids and the writing and the poetry. It's my dogs. I love German shepherds and I've been training them for about 20 years. <laughs> yeah, me too. If I was going to have a dog, I would definitely have a German shepherd. I love German shepherds, but Let's get into your story a little bit and, and then talk about your books. This is the most important thing is the book. Now, wh which book do you want to focus on today? We can kind of get into the backstory of that a little bit. I'll leave that up to Bill. I think he's more fond of Fire Within Me than Mr. Christopher, but I'll let him decide. Yeah, I like both, but I think we should start with Fire Within Me because it's the first book. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about the inspiration behind that. And I know some of it because I listened to your podcast with Bill. It's a Halloween edition, and there's a reason for that. She's on in the show as a special Halloween guest. Some of the stuff that she talks about is scary to me. Some of these otherworldly spiritual encounters and things they're, they're, they they freak me out i'm not gonna lie like i got to the point listening to her podcast so i was like i gotta stop because i don't have nightmares so <laughs> it's very intense stuff but very real she's very forthright so tell us about the story um i think the reason i started writing the book is because my son mason who's 24 now came to me one day and he said you know i know you're my mom i know you're a wife i know you're a grandma but we really don't know who you are and I had attempted many times to write my book. I wanted to write about my experiences with paranormal, but I would write a chapter and throw it on my desk. I'd write another paragraph and I'd throw it on my desk. Well, when he said that, I was like, you know, I have to leave something for my kids and my grandkids so that they know that if they're going through the same experiences that I am, that they can feel free to come to me and talk to me about it. Or just back up. Yeah, 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 but not crazy. But yeah, that's about it. So I just sat down. 
Hey, I just want to interject too. If people think there's interference or a bad connection, it's not. Every time I record, Nikki, there's these disenfranchised voices that come in. If I can edit them out, I will, but I may not be able to. Yeah. And I've actually seen them because, you know, I see the sound frequencies and stuff. And I did a podcast on Nikki called Extraordination. And I would look at the sound frequency. It didn't match my voice. It didn't match her voice. It's completely a third thing. And uh, I just had to work around it that's scary <laughs> i did turn on the sound where it was it won't pick up interference so i'm hoping that that will help yeah me. i still hear it but it's okay <laughs> just i just want people to know it's not a glitch this is what happens when you talk to nikki yeah and it's freaked me out i can hear this weird i don't want to say demonic like echo in the background and it's and i'm just so used to it it's crazy. And then the light behind her, is it me? Or is there like a shimmering light behind her? I'm mean, yeah. creating a very spooky glow. I'll say that. I always have candles lit around me. So it's just my comfort zone. I like being in a dark room with lights and little lights and candles around me. And it hides this mug, you know? <laughs> oh, no, I don't say that. I, I'm just saying that voice, that reverb voicing is really creepy. And um, I'm, we, I've been getting it since I've been talking. It was kind of reverbing when, or whatever it is. When I talked, I'm glad it's gone. I prayed to Jesus that if there's a bad demon trying to bother me, um, please back that <laughs> up. So it was gone, but still creepy and weird. I mean, not to you, but it is to me. What I'm saying, you're used to it. Oh, yeah. I talk to him all the time, you know. So you, in your book, tell us about some of the experiences that found their way into the book. I know at one point you're a young child and there was these ghostly figures coming in and out of your closet. Like they were almost like going from realm to realm and... That had to be terrifying, but you weren't that scared of it. You were just kind of like, huh, this is normal. Yeah. Well, when you start experiencing things at an early age as a young child, I mean, the first time I ever seen anything, I was 18 months old standing in my crib. What did you see? Um, there was a woman. And as an adult, I know that she was dressed similar to the Virgin Mary. She was wearing a blue dress with a white, what I called a tablecloth on her head. That's what I thought it was. I thought she had a blanket or a tablecloth on her head. And she was standing there talking to me. And the only reason the conversation stopped is because my mom walked in the room and she was like, get the hell away from my baby, you know? But I had no fear then, you know, at 18 months old, you don't have fear. And then I just started seeing it more and more frequently. I would be in bed at like four or five years old. The room was dark because my mom would say, lights off, bedtime, you know? So I'm laying there and there's just a, a glow of light under the closet door. And all of a sudden the door would open and I'd see people walk walking in and I was like, okay, you know, I didn't know we shared a place with somebody and they would just mill around me and just talk like, like if you walk into a mall and you see people just walking around and they look over at you and they're talking to each other and they're just going about their business. So that was kind of scary to me at that time. But I asked my mom about it and she said it was just a dream. But then it would progress and I'd see more and more things and I started seeing shadow people. And I don't know if you've ever heard the story about the hat man. He's like seven, seven and a half feet tall. He wears a top hat. He wears a long drover coat and he would appear in my room. And when I say it was dark in my room and I could still see him, 
he was darker than the darkest room that you've ever been in. And you could still see him through the darks. So this was how you wrote your book. So you, you wrote these experiences into your book and told your story. What are your thoughts on, like, why do you have these paranormal experiences? Is there a meaning or a mission behind it? Do you think there's people trying to communicate? Why do you think this has happened to you? And, um, because I've always been curious. You know, a lot of people that say they've seen spirits, they're freaked out by it and they mentally block it. You can see spirits, too, but you choose not to. Everybody can see spirits, but they choose not to. Yes, I definitely. Why me? I don't know. Why do you have, you know, brown eyebrows and, and brown facial hair? Everybody has their own unique thing, you know? Uh, some people can sing. Some people can dance. I can't do any of those. So, I don't know. I just go with it. And I was never scared of it. Like I said, I've always been yeah. curious. And I've always wanted to communicate because I wanted to find out what's on the other side. Is there a heaven? Is is there a hell? I've always had questions, although my faith is strong. Do you believe there is a heaven and hell? I do, and I'm hoping I'm correct. And I think I just want justification in my assumption, in my beliefs, that there is a God and there is a heaven and there is a hell and there is a sin. Are you Christian? Do you believe in Christ? I was raised Catholic, and then I became a recovering Catholic, and then I was born again. And I don't think it took because myself and my son, Mason, were the only two white people in an all black church that was held in somebody's house. She was ordained and we went through the whole born again thing through her in a bathtub on the north side of Milwaukee. So I don't know if it took or not, but I'd like to believe that I'm born again. I mean, I have a, a ton of faith. Here's the thing. Great to have a church and fellowship and people, and all that. But the truth. And when it comes down to it, do you believe in Christ? Do you believe Jesus Christ was real? He was sacrificed on the cross for your sins. And if you believe that, then you're, you're home free. Oh, definitely. I believe in that. And you're a Christian and you're home free. Nobody can hurt you. Nobody can get to you. The demonic side can other bother you. It might come after you. It might try to mess with you. But if you're a believer in Christ, you won. You, the game is over. You've already won. You're going to heaven. And there is a heaven, and, and Jesus talks about it. He says, there's many mansions in, in my home or whatever preparing a life for us, So, yeah. uh, which is an afterlife. Our time here on earth is really just a test. I believe in God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Ghost. And I'm very old school. I still say Holy Ghost. Billy Graham was my idol when I was growing up. I watched him every weekend. I still believe in hell and damnation, fire and brimstone. And I don't believe that what I'm doing is going against God because I don't think he'd let me see it or hear it if it wasn't meant for me. Yeah, I agree. And I think in your writing, being a big fan of your works, your Christian faith comes through very strongly in the things you say and the things you write. There's no confusion there. I still pray my rosary, you know, whenever I get the chance, uh, not as often as I should. I used to pray it every night, but things get kind of hectic when you have eight kids and 14 grandkids and, you know, eight dogs and five cats and everything else. Sure. So. And going back to where you had the church service, is that the place where you met a spirit of an old man yes. that seemed like he was part of the congregation? Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> it turns out it was the woman, uh, she called herself Apostle Abernathy, and it turns out it was her father. 
only you could see him and you relayed that to her? Yeah. Wow, that had to be kind of interesting. Yeah, I did. I described him. I said, well, I didn't know how to describe it because I wasn't raised around the black community very much. I mean, I went to school with them, but we never associated. They stuck with themselves and I stuck over here and I was kind of an outcast in the white world. You know, I mean, I can only imagine what I was in the black world. Right. And she said, well, what does he look like? I said, well, quite frankly, I think he looked like a pimp. <laughs> and she she lost it. She was just laughing hysterically. She's like, yeah, that's my dad. And I described his hair and I described the hat he was wearing and the suit. And he was very flamboyant in his way of dressing. And she says, yeah, that's him. And he even had a walking stick. And uh, yeah, she was blown away. Yeah, it's got to be comforting to know that your deceased parent is there and you're, they're still active in your life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're around. They're not gone forever. I think there's certainly a parallel universe that God has made very clear in the Bible. Jesus talks about it. There is more than this. And he says that. Oh, yeah. So why would it be such a stretch to believe that? We know there's angels. God's talked about them. We know there's demons. God has talked about them. Jesus talked about them. And it's not a stretch to think about how it could. some of this could overlap. Mm-hmm. For certain people, like you said, certain people have gifts. I'm a writer, right? So some people sing. Some people throw a fastball, some people, whatever it is, this could be your gift, this sort of medium, this conduit to that other side. And God is using you to tell a message to somebody, could be somebody in your family, kids, us, somebody listening on the radio, who knows? But maybe there's people who are experiencing or have experienced similar things and they think they're crazy and they don't want to share it with anyone because they think they're nuts and just won't believe them. And all of a sudden they hear your story and go, wow, man, like, that sounds like my story. That sounds like what I've seen and gone through. Now, is that the mission of your book to try and bridge the gap between people and, you know, reality? Yeah, I want to bring awareness to the fact that it is real. And I want people to be more comfortable in knowing that there is life after death. I mean, we're made of energy. Yeah. You know, uh, our bodies are made of two things that do not get along in the normal world, water and electricity. Now, if you threw your toaster in the bathtub, it's going to be a bad thing. But I don't know how God created us to be water and, and, you know, electricity. And, you know, we're walking around fine. Uh, Energy cannot be destroyed. That's right. It can't be destroyed. So when you die, your organic body returns to the earth and the soil. But the energy, though, where does that energy go? You know what I'm saying? When it's just ash or whatever. The energy, I believe, enters another dimension of reality, which is heaven. I think there's different levels of heaven. And this is just my thoughts. I don't know. I don't speak for God. I just know that in my heart, I believe I'm a good person and try to do the right thing to be a good person in my life and help other people and also guide them towards Jesus. If I do that, I believe that I will be accepted into this alternative universe. And what I get from there, I don't know, but I know it's good. I know it's good. So I work towards that one goal. And the more souls I can save in the meantime, I think the better it's going to be for me in that alternative universe. I mean, I don't know why God kind of bridges the gap between that and you, but that's your gift and what you do. I believe that we are in the final days. And, you know, Satan was told that he has 2,000 years here on Earth to go ahead and try to capture as many souls as he wants. And God is just sitting back going, okay, you know, letting him run amok and do all his crazy stuff that's going on in our government and in our world today. But 
you know, I, I have always been a firm believer that we're in the final days, but now with what's going on in Israel, biblical, that's just the name of the coffin. You know, I mean, we are watching so many no. prophecies unfold before us. And no. I think that these people, these spirits that are coming to me, they're here for a reason. You know, the veil is thinning more and more every day. And I can see it because I'm seeing more and more multitudes of spirits coming through. They're giving us a big warning. Jesus said, look up, look to the skies and you'll see the signs. And I'm seeing them left and right. I mean, earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes and the wars. And the crime in the streets, people just running amok. Rumors of war. You know? Yeah. If you need confirmation that the Bible is real, look around. Amen. The Bible's literally predicting to the T, to the letter, exactly what's happening now. Oh, yeah. I could give you a list of biblical prophecies right now and then juxtapose them to what's happening in our world right now, including what's happening in Israel. It's scary. It's terrifying. You're right. I believe there's going to be very, very bad times ahead, unfortunately. But are you scared, though, Gunner? I'm not scared to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'll fight if I got to fight. I'm, not, I'm scared for the world, though, because you know what I'm scared of? People suffering. I don't want to suffer. I don't want my wife to suffer. I don't want Bill or you to suffer. I don't want anyone I care about to suffer. And I know their suffering is going to come. And some of the people I care about are going to probably suffer. And I and I fear that. Yes. Yeah, me too. I'm still getting these, I'm still getting these creepy reverbs, though, and they are weirdo that's crazy. Yeah, I was picking it up when Gunner was talking, too. It's always when I talk, the demon's after me. Mm-hmm. You can't beat me, though. I got Jesus. That's right. So anyway, hey, this is the Halloween episode, so I kind of want to scare people. They want to hear a scary story. So Nikki, page 51, I'll set the scene and Nikki can pick it up. When Nikki was a teenager, she had a rough childhood, rough home and stuff. In a seeking normalcy and to escape paranormal activity, she moved in with her friend. And this is how it unfolds. Nikki can pick it up from there. So I moved in with my friend Debbie and her parents. Her parents didn't know I was there. And we hid out in her room all the time. And she'd go to school and I'd skip out. I dropped out at 15 years old. Welcome to the crowd. Well, I went back in 2006 and got my regular high school diploma. So I'm good. But she started hearing things. Um, She started hearing like grumbly, growly voices in the room. And then she started hearing people whispering in her ear. I mean, it just got to the point where one time she got locked in the bathroom and she couldn't get out. I thought she was just screwing with me. So I was like, turn the doorknob, idiot, you know, and she's just shaking the door. The whole room is shaking because she's shaking this bathroom door and trying to get out. And she's jiggling the doorknob and the lights went out. And she started screaming bloody murder. And when her dad come busting in the room to get her out of there, he's asking what the hell's going on. And she said that there was somebody in there with her and he was talking. Are you there? Yeah. It looked like Gunner froze there. Oh, he did freeze. Oh, okay. Well, I'm back. just listening to this story. I am froze. I'm picturing <laughs> it. How scared I'd be. <laughs> you were so still we thought your video froze. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing being a little girl in a bathroom with locked in with the lights off. Yeah, well, she's she, hearing voices in her ears and right, stuff. Right. After that, I would have ran through the door. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you get in the book. But time went on and she started like shutting down. She wouldn't talk as much anymore. And I'd try to goof around with her and she would be like 
sad, you know, like depressed. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And one day she went to school and I was hanging out on the street because I couldn't stay in her house. And I come back and her family is all around in the living room and they're crying. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they told me that Debbie had hung herself in her grandma's attic. She skipped out of school, went up in her grandma's attic and hung herself because the voices were telling her evil things to do to people and to herself. She thought she was losing her mind. And then she wrote a letter and left it for her parents, apologizing to them, letting them know that it wasn't their fault. And they handed me the letter and told me to read it. And when I read it, I swear to God, I felt the blood running right out of my body. I couldn't believe that this had happened. You know, I even went to her funeral and I don't know. That's when I think the morbid curiosity started kicking in, like looking at her dead body laying there in the casket and the the flowers. And I don't know if you guys know the difference, but there is a difference between the smell of a wedding flower and a funeral flower. If you've never experienced it, take that mental note, you know, along with you. And the next time you go to a wedding, just breathe and smell the flowers. And the next time you go to a funeral, take a second and breathe and smell the funeral flowers. The next time you go, check it out and you're going to you're going to be mind blown. Nikki, so tell us before we go, I, I want everyone to know where they can find you and, and where they can buy your books. And tell us a little about that before we go. Well, uh, the books are available on Amazon. The names of the books are Fire Within Me and Mr. Christopher Wants to See You. Like right now, Fire Within Me is not available on Amazon because I pulled it because I wanted to fix the cover. It'll be back on by the end of the month. Otherwise, just contact me. You can find me on Facebook. Well, I'm on a 30-day ban. But, <laughs> That's um, a badge right? of honor. Welcome to the family, <laughs> Nikki Luciano. Welcome to the family. I'll be back on. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I've got so many bands from that, but that's because I like to speak my mind. You have to nowadays. Everybody, make sure to check out Nikki Luciano on Facebook, on your, your Instagram too, uh, her book. Even the name of that, Mr. Christopher is coming to see you. Nope. Mr. Christopher wants to see you. It's a fantastic book, man. It should yeah. be a movie. I got to go. I, listen, Nikki, I swear I saw something moving. Maybe it was my own hand shadow, but I'm saying... At this well, I could send a couple of them to visit you tonight if you'd like. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> and if you listen to the show on Spotify, our heart radio, whatever, we have archive episodes and there we have show notes. I'll leave links to all this kind of stuff. And it's our thing radio. I, do you hear the voice? Did you just hear that? I'm telling you, man, something shot by me in this room right here. It's a dark, dark, creepy ass room. Gunner, you're a grown ass man. It's so funny to watch you do this. <laughs> Who's behind you, Gunner? I'm out of here, you guys. I'm just playing. I know. Nikki, you, God bless you. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. And uh, this will make for a good Halloween show, so thank you. Hit us up if you need us. Anytime for you, Nikki. I appreciate that. Good night. Sweet dreams. You've been listening to Our Thing. <laughs>